You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. You're listening to special programming sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Services. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, Las Vegas. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host. I have two wonderful guests that we'll have some talk with uh, shortly. However, as we start off uh, each Saturday morning, I'd like to just give a few announcements. One is that uh, this month, my aunt, my wonderful aunt, Magnolia Kennedy, her birthday is this month. So just wanted to acknowledge her for that. And also... uh, the uh, Women's Auxiliary over at American Legion Post 10, they are having their Western Affairs Dance on October 21st, I think it's 7 p.m., and that's at Doolittle and H Street. So uh, if you get an opportunity, stop by. I think the tickets are like $10. It's real cheap. But it's something that will support uh, the activities that they put on each each year. Uh, they do a number of things for the youth in our community. And uh, speaking of that, <coughs> excuse me, I have two guests that uh, do uh, some wonderful things for youth, particularly young males in our community, uh, gentlemen by choice. And I want to get right into discussion with these gentlemen whom I fail, and I generally, and I tell people I am not a journalist, so I don't try to trip people up. I generally send them some some tentative type questions that I'll be asking, but certainly fail to do that. For some reason, my wife tells me all the time, you're doing too much, you need to sit down. You're 72, why do you, why do you keep thinking that you're young? <laughs> anyway, uh, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, Chief. Pleased to have you guys here. So, Brother Jack, I want to start with you as a veteran. What, what branch did you serve in? I did 21 years in the Air Force as an air traffic controller. Air traffic controller? Yes, sir. There's another gentleman um, that I know that was an air traffic controller. Uh, his wife, uh, Kenny, Kenny Beeman. Man, I'm like, that is a no-joke kind of a job. Yes, Because sir. I tell people in the fire service, the two most stressful jobs to me are paramedics and dispatchers, the folks who takes the calls of people coming, you know, with having trouble, et cetera, et cetera. That's a high-stress level, and I can only imagine what's going on in an air traffic control tower. Yeah, I did uh, both radar and tower. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had some great experiences and some great um, tough moments, um, but it was all worth it. Sure. Right. And where are you from? I'm New originally from New Jersey. New Jersey. So why did you decide to join the military? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, when I graduated high school, I have a twin brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, he walked in the door and said, hey, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going to Marine Corps. I said, well, you're not going to leave me back here. <laughs> so uh, I joined the Air Force to really 
give my mother, I had two younger sisters, mm-hmm. and we had no father in the house. Uh, money was tight. And so we wanted to make a way to give them a better life by leaving. And so I joined the military right out of high school. I think I was out of high school for about maybe 10 days, and then I was gone into the military. Wow. Yeah. Quick move, huh? Yeah, I I knew it was something I needed to do to to grow, to Mm -hmm. expand. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the discipline and structure the military provided. Mm -hmm. Uh, My grandfather, uh, my two, all of my uncles served in the military. And one of my uncles, uh, he passed away, but he was one of the Buffalo soldiers. Mm. And so there's a great respect for military in my family. Okay, very. Brother Pullum. Yes, sir. You are born and raised in Las Vegas, or are you from somewhere? Born and raised in the streets of Vegas. In the streets of Vegas. (laughs) North Las Vegas, baby. All right. (laughs) 89030. (laughs) Okay. Now, where'd you go to school at? I went to the great Georgie E. Harris, uh, Woodbury, and Chaparral. Chaparral High School. Yes, sir. Now, you are an educator. Yes, sir. What caused you or made you think, uh, hey, you know what? I want to be an educator. Mm, One, my mom. But I I originally was going to school to be a lawyer. Mm. Oh, you couldn't tell me any different. Now, I I have it in my senior book. Mm -hmm. You know, at 21, by 25, I'm going to have my own law firm making 500,000. That didn't happen. (laughs) But I always knew I wanted to work with kids. Sure. And as a lawyer, the only time you work with kids, most likely, Mm -hmm. is when they're in trouble. Mm -hmm. So I said, what can I do to be proactive? And I switched my major to education. And where'd you go to school? Here, UNLV. I went to ASU, excuse me, Arizona State University, played baseball there, Uh and then came back to UNLV, Rebels. And, And got your degree in education? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Excellent, Will. Ain't nothing like having a home growner. And then he mentioned before we got on the air, Las Vegas, that uh, <laughs> I was his football coach and, and I was mean. Well, he wasn't mean. He was really structured. And it was what we needed because we won a championship. Oh, yeah. We won several championships. Yeah. In fact, Lanny Hogan was a head coach. And Lanny, used to, I said, Lanny, I never played organized football. He said, man. Just treat them like they're little men. He said they'll respond, and and he did, and yeah. we oh. he did, and we did. <laughs> <laughs> he said treat them like little men, and they trust me, they will be just fine. Yeah, I saw Lanny a couple weeks ago. He's uh, having a little medical issues, but otherwise doing fine. Uh, you guys have a dynamic program that uh, I didn't realize until I. And this brother's also an author. Jack is an author. You guys, I hope that you will take fine time to. In fact, tell us where, where folks can get that book. Uh, Amazon.com. Um, the book is called Gentleman by Choice, The GBC Way. And what it is is a step-by-step blueprint as to how we built Gentleman by Choice into what we would consider one of the better programs for young men and now young ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, the book was inspired by all the trials and tribulations we went through as we developed the program, as well as understanding the need um of what's out there. You have a lot of programs out there. Right. But when you think about a program, is it providing the structure, the discipline that you talked about? You said treat them as young men. Mm-hmm. That was our philosophy from the onset. Um, we put love into the mix. So we loved them hard. We trained them hard. We taught them hard. And then most importantly, we wanted to put something out there as a manual for anyone that's really trying to build their own programs. The level of detail and thought. Um, when Paul and I first met at Agassiz, uh, in 2010, 
uh, we immediately connected and we took an opportunity to bond. And as we began to build this program, we really put a lot of thought into if we had children, because neither one of us have children. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't. Right. Um, what do we want that to look like for our young men? What mm-hmm. do they need? Mm-hmm. And he had he came from a strong two-parent household, and I came from a single-parent household. So we could bounce ideas back and forth to each other, but at the end of the day, we knew that our young men needed something that was greater than what we were seeing in the community. Mm-hmm. So uh, your thoughts in terms of why the blend, the bond, and for you guys to come together and put this program together, because you had a lot to do with it. I could tell by, as he wrote the book, it was a mash. Well, I was the dean, and he was the counselor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being a black male in elementary, it's like a needle in a haystack. Mm-hmm. So to see him, I was excited. <laughs> I was like, as a brother on campus. <laughs> and just his, how he approached, it was good to see somebody outside of education. Mm-hmm give a different lens to education because he's, you know, military background. He's like, why is this? He questioned a lot of stuff. Like, why are you guys doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And so I was coming from the educational standpoint. He was coming from the military and the counselor. Mm-hmm. And we just, you know, we became, you know, we just, we just clicked. We like brothers. I mean, <clears throat> we go at it. We, 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 my room was called the war room, <laughs> but, but we were coming from a place of love. And so when we, we know when we come out the room, it's like okay, who benefited from it was our students, mm-hmm. and that was the love of it. Like we model and we practice what we preach. Like I remember one time his cousin passed away; he cried. Mm-hmm. Like I hugged him and we cried together. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't ask kids to do something and then they don't see it. Right. And so they just saw the genuine love between us, and then we showed them genuine love. Mm-hmm. And so, like today, we have gents. You know, we. In fact, I, the beautiful thing, I got a text today from our, we call him the OG. Mm-hmm. He was our first gent. <laughs> He's a junior at St. John, and his mom sent me a text, and it's about the relationship that we've built. Mm-hmm. Let's see, she just texted me, and she was like, hey, your boy, this is what she said. She said, in other news, your boy TJ is killing it. He's on the dean's list at St. John's. St. <laughs> John, that's college. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. No, we oh we have some we have some young men out there that are doing some great things and we get we get paid homage They're like hey thank you well, for doing what you have done and let me tell you guys this what I want to do and I'm committed to it right now as long as I can afford to to keep <laughs> this show on the air I like to get you guys on one sometimes with, with with one of your students you know one current or or that's been currently in college just to, to hear from them as well as we sit here together and just have a conversation because yeah, I think so. I think it's important man because if you don't hear about it or see it you won't believe that you can do it right yeah I think one of the things that we're most proud of is that we've been in four states simultaneously yes and we've impacted probably over a thousand students and their families you know what as I read the book because I wasn't aware that you guys had branched out I'm right. like what yeah. Hawaii and, 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 and what's the other? What the other? We were in Hawaii, Tacoma, Washington, and then South Central A and Vegas wow. simultaneously. Wow, that's you know people don't realize the commitment that it takes to <laughs> to do that kind of work. <laughs> I'm serious. Mm-hmm. I remember you, you guys know that deceased uh, friend Melvin Beadle Ennis mm-hmm. and former Councilman Weekly and I started Camp Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. It was an idea that I had, 
And you know, when you put them ideas out there, somebody might help to fan the fire, and right. they did. And I talked to them about it, and six weeks, uh, six months later, we had it up and running. Mm-hmm. But to that point, the thing that they didn't have that I felt in my heart that we needed a school for black males. And I'm telling you, I just think it makes a difference. I know even, I'm 72 years old, and I know when I was in school, man, I want to show off, you know, in front of the pretty girls. Man, you're supposed to be cracking them books, Jack. Yeah. yeah. And I know I just believe that if, if, if boys are isolated, not that they shouldn't be socialized with women for sure, and then ultimately, people said to us three years later, they say, what about the girls? Well, we can't be th- everything to everybody. They say, y'all need camp sisterhood, <laughs> so of course, both of And they ran for close to 30 years, and it just, after Beatle passed, uh, uh, Steve with his troubles, uh, it kind of went by the wayside, and that's unfortunate, but you know what? What you guys are doing is, is the kind of thing that I know as a black male needs to happen for our young men in particular, because when you don't have someone that you can look up to, you just go on a while, man, you know, and then, just, man, just the, there's things that we know that we should be about as men and looking out for young men. They ain't gotta be your kid. They ain't gotta be your cousin. They just need some direction. And, and, and the love that y'all talk about, cause see up there at Camp Brotherhood, we made sure we, Beatles say they gotta be hugged. And the other thing is, and, and I, I heard you chuckle when, when I said people don't understand. When we first go to camp, I said, Beatles, we sent everything. We sent a, a list of what they need. He said, man, you just watch. <laughs> No, we go, we go, we we telling them it's gonna get down to forty degrees. T-shirt and shorts on. Where's this other stuff? Yeah. He'll say that's why I brought the extra. But anyway, uh, further thoughts. So going back to when when I was in sixth grade and you were coaching, mm-hmm. you know, I had my mom, dad. We had a true village, mm-hmm. like the village, and so we had chiefs. You know, we had all these people helping us, and we don't have that anymore. We don't have that fra- fabric of the community helping. True. So it's so dire that we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And and if I have another person tell me, hey, you guys are doing a great job, but there's no skin in the game. You telling me why are you going to smoke your you know, cigar, drink your lit, whatever, or, or go hoop, but we in the trenches. And I'm telling them right now, we are in a, I liken it to a hurricane. It's a category five. Mm-hmm. Y'all just don't, y'all just don't feel mm-hmm. it yet, mm-hmm. but it's coming. Mm-hmm. And when it come, boy, it's gonna be trouble, trouble, trouble. Mm-hmm. And so Jack and I, we want to get it ahead of it. And so even though in the midst of the winds blowing and the storms that come, you know, you know, we get tired. We we talk about you know going to DR on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to chime into that too, Chief, and I want to put some context behind this. It's more than just a program to us. Mm-hmm. It is a lifestyle. But I think what's missing in our society today with our young men is continuous direction. Mm-hmm. When we built it, we built it upon four principles, leadership, image, financial management, etiquette. So what we began to do is provide professional development for youth at mm-hmm. our early age. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2018, I got certified as a high-performance coach, sort of like a life coach, but a little more in-depth about advancing people. Mm-hmm. We actually took that component and put it in the program. Mm-hmm. And so now you have a professional development c- component and you have a personal development component. And what we've seen is the students are starting to take ownership at an early age of what 
they're responsible for. Right. So this is not a, let me go in and give you a rah-rah speech. Mm-hmm. This is not something that you can go in and, and sit down and just be passive. Mm-hmm. We aggressively insert our will or impose our will on these young men and women now to help them understand that you have to take ownership of your life at an early age. Why? Because life is moving so much faster than it did 20, 30, and 40 years ago. Yes, sir. And our kids are behind because we have not kept up with the changes in society in an educational format. Mm-hmm. And so I think without these skill sets, they're going to far, fall farther and farther behind. And what Antonis and I do well is we synthesize in a sense that tell me what's going on in education, what's working, what's not working. Mm-hmm. We put it together with what we're doing in personal development and professional development. And then you have a complete or holistic approach to developing their minds. Absolutely. We're grabbing their minds at an early age. We're pouring into their minds, giving them techniques and strategies on how to think about things. And the way this is formulated, sort of like, sort of like a Tony Robbins, right? Mm-hmm. When you go there, they're teaching principles and strategies that we don't get taught in our community. Right. So why are we waiting until our youth get to 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, trying to bring them in and expect them to get there? That's a good point. You know, a, a lot of communities, and we don't readily do it. We do have, I, I, I hear about the, uh, what do they call it, uh, the programs where the kids are going to the next phase of life. What do you call it? Uh, write a passage. Write a passage. Thank you. And other communities, not only do they write do write a passage on Saturdays, you go to various communities. They got school, yeah. and we don't. Yeah. And 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 as you say, we're falling further and further behind. But I so badly had wanted Camp Brotherhood to become a school, man. That, but if everybody don't believe what you believe, it won't necessarily happen. Even though I'm still grateful for us having the opportunity to do what we were able to do and those two gentlemen, uh, Beetle and, and, and uh, Larry, to, to help me get that going. I'm, I'm still grateful for that. But what you guys are doing, it has so much more meat and it tells you a lot about what they're doing and how they do it. I want to add one more thing to mm-hmm. that. The school is really important because when Pullum and I first met, after we had put the program in place for about two years, mm-hmm. our vision was we want a school. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, as early, as late as last week, Friday, I had a conversation with someone else about, hey, I think you really should start your own school. The issue is, and Pullum alluded to it and you alluded to it, is that we go ahead first into the situation and we look back and there's nobody with us, <laughs> right? And so the scary factor is you're, you're trying to tackle a issue mm-hmm. with very little support. Right. And because we've been in four different states simultaneously, we understand what it takes to Mm -hmm. run things simultaneously. Mm -hmm. We've extended the program into bringing young ladies into the game as well, right? Mm -hmm. So we're constantly trying to figure out ways, how can we expand that? But on the end of the day, because we've also done a summer academy at GBC headquarters, right? right? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, there's still this underlying belly that if we don't step up as black men to facilitate that change that we desire, Mm When does it come? Absolutely. Uh, as we prepare to close out, give me some closing remarks on, on what the communica- community can do to help you guys. Just throw it out there. I mean, you know, we may get no response or we may get a lot of response. And I, I, I can see it on your face, Pullum, that you, that you guys I, have been making that request. I need, I need black men to show up. I need black men to show up on these campuses. And, and we're not. 
And so, like I say, I'm gonna need it on a haystack mm-hmm. in elementary. Right. And so, I, the reason I chose elementary because I, I believe in planting that seed early and growing it, and that's that's what we do well. Mm-hmm. But we don't have, you know, people that look like look like us that show up on a consistent basis. We you gotta know? do it. I think Pullum hit hit the nail on the head when he said consistency. Right. You show up one day for the opening of school. They don't <laughs> see you until the end of school year, right? You come back every year for the, I mean, we don't we right, don't search for out photo right. opportunities, right? right, right. We, we don't believe in photo opportunities. Sure. It's about the kids, so why do you want to see me take a selfie, right? Mm-hmm. But one thing about gentlemen by choice and ladies by choice now is we're gonna show up. Right we're on. gonna do what we gotta do. Okay. I can't worry about anybody else. But if you said, what do we need? Mm-hmm. We need more love from black men. Mm-hmm. We need more funding to extend our programs. Okay. This year, last year, we did 206 students a week mm-hmm. for 16 weeks at the different schools. And more importantly, we just need people to come beside us and say, hey, I can't give you a lot of money, but can you give me an hour a week for 16 weeks and, and, and be consistent? Las Vegas, as we wind down, this is Veterans Affairs Plus with Richard Jack, with Anthony Pullum. If you ain't got money, if you got some time, let's let's do this. Uh, it's important for our young men. Thank you, gentlemen, and we will have you back on the show again because I think it's important to keep crying out in the wilderness, if you will, and somebody's going to answer. Thank you guys yeah. so much. Thank you so Appreciate much. You. Thank you, Thank Chief. You. All right. Good morning once again, Las Vegas. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I got a local businessman on the line, Mr. Rome Harry. Tell us what's going on with you, Rome. How you doing? Oh, man, all good, all good. Dave, you're on one of my favorite radio stations, man. I can't get enough of this jazz. All right. Excellent, excellent. It's a good feeling to have something like that in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. I'm sure uh, uh, our general manager, Mr. Dr. Ashton Ridley, would love to hear that news for sure. Look, uh, (laughs) Rome, Rome, where, where are you from? Um, I'm originally from um, Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Um, I moved out to Las Vegas in 2002. Okay. And um, when I moved out here, um, came out here and uh, started um, 525 um, Pipe City work. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, um, met my lovely wife, Cherie Lewis. And um, from there, we moved downtown Las Vegas. And uh, we had an opportunity to go ahead and open up uh, Classic Jewel. Mm-hmm. The lounge that we've been owning for the last eight years plus, which is a beautiful, beautiful situation. And um, it's a family business, mm-hmm. me, my wife, and the kids, you know. Um, and, you know, I'm telling everybody, make that investment, especially with all these sports teams, mm-hmm. all this stuff that's coming to Vegas, all these championships with the UNLV, um, you know, the hockey, the Raiders out here. It's, it's time for people to start making an investment instead of um, renting. It's right. time to start buying. And that's, that's, you know, and that's what I tell a lot of people. Even with Classic Jewel, you know, um, I actually, me and my family, we own that. So if we want or whatever down the line from, you know, a couple of years from now, or the mm-hmm. grandkids want to turn to something else, right. we were able to go ahead and purchase that, you know, quite a few years ago. And, you know, I just, I just appreciate the, the community support. You know, always having um, fundraisers and, right. you know, parties at Classic Jewel. Like tonight, we got comedy, you know, starts at 8.30, 9 p.m. We got mm-hmm. live entertainment on Wednesdays. 
you know, we just got a, a, a good vibe downtown in Las Vegas. So excellent. Uh, business, yes. Excellent. So give us the address and and your hours of operation at Classic Jewel. Uh, it's three five three East Bonneville Avenue, Unit one eleven. Eight nine one zero one downtown Las Vegas. Um, open at four o'clock Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Close on Sunday, Monday, <laughs> and we stay open. You know, Friday, Saturday, we stay open till about one thirty, two o'clock. Okay. And, um, yeah, it's been it's, 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 it's been wonderful, wonderful. Now, uh, when I talked to you last week, I believe it was you was calling me just to have me to. To, to speak with one of my old fire service colleagues. And then you uh, went about telling me about a, a new embarkment you and your wife are engaged in. Talk to us about that. Yes, and everything led from, um, you know, Classic Jewel. That's, that's the anchor. Now, you know, I was fortunate enough, maybe, what, three weeks ago, been working on this for about a year and a half now. Uh-huh. I, was able to get my, I was able to get my gaming license. I have a new location um, opening in Centennial off Ann and Sky Point, 650 Sky Point. The, the name of the new lounge um, is going to be Lounge 95 North. Um, can't wait. We should be opening at the end of the month. Uh, we got great news maybe about two hours ago, just past our health inspection. So um, we're almost there. I, I can't wait for everybody to come to the new location. And the difference between the new location in Classic Jewel, this is going to be, oh, my God, it's just going to be a nice, nice, warm, warm, good feel to this. I mean, the, the ambiance, the chandeliers, mm-hmm. uh, the major, we got a kitchen that's maybe about th- a thousand square feet, three hoods. It's, it's going to be a it's going to be a it's going to be a nice little gym for the um, Centennial area and everybody that can't make it all the way to downtown right. and just have something new out there in that area. Uh-huh. Uh, the people like you know like to you know go and have a nice um, outing at the restaurants and something in your community that's only maybe five ten minutes away. So we you know me and the wife come from Centennial area, mm-hmm. so for me to be um, opening up a new location out there, it's going to be it's going to be a wonderful situation. That's excellent. So, what's what's the approximate square footage of this new place? The new place is around about forty three hundred square feet. Mm, okay, and yeah, it's going to be a nice size. It's definitely um, it de- definitely a lot bigger than Classic Jewel for sure. Wow! And as it currently stands, once you open, what 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 are you proposing as your hour of operations? Oh, it's going to be twenty four seven. So, since I have fifteen gaming machines. Um, we're going to be open um, 24 hours every day. Uh, okay. Excellent. So um, I got to buckle up and get ready because I'm still <laughs> a lot of late nights. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like I tell people, man, this is, um, you know, a lot of people don't see me too much at Classic Jewel at night because, you know, being an entrepreneur, me and the wife, we just run around so much. And, right. You know, it's, only so, it's so many, only so many hours in a day. And, you know, just, you know, for the good... You know, you got to get down and get dirty. Everybody is not built in for the entrepreneurs. Everybody see the the glimmer and the you know, the the shiny stuff, but they don't see the hard work that goes in every every single day. And it's just it's, it's a grind. Yes, you know a grind. I mean? It's like you know. Absolutely. You know what? I admire, and I tell people all the time. They look at me. I say, you know what? I truly, truly admire. And you know, I did thirty three years of Las Vegas Fire and Rescue. I got a 
a great retirement. But I really, really appreciate those who are into business for themselves, man. And as you say, it's a grind. I see Frank as I do some some work for him, man. He he's every day. He's he's got it going. He's got two spots and 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 a cultivation. And you talk about going at it. You got to go at it. Right. Well, give us the give us the name of the place again. So it's Lounge Ninety Five North. Lounge Ninety Five North. All right. Uh, Brother Rome, we appreciate you, man. We'll get you back on as you as you get open up and uh, continue to tell people about it. So we appreciate you coming on, particularly with the short notice that I gave you. All right, my brother. Take care of yourself, and we'll be in touch. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. We'll talk to you next week.